Let's go. I'm gonna make dinner. You can do homework. Oh, I already ate. Stop mowing. You're mowing dirt. Let's go. He's fed. The homework's checked. I've done my job. I'm taking a break. Why is he mowing your dirt patch? Oh, yeah, he's paying me hourly. I'm showing him how the world works. You work, you get paid, you drink. Are you drinking alcohol? I honestly don't remember. Dearly beloved, we're gathered here today to confess our nerdly sins. This is the podcast called Culture Lust, and we're going to have some fun tonight. Uh, we're discussing St. Vincent, 2014 film starring Bill Murray. Hey, what's up? Uh, Melissa McCarthy, Naomi Watts. God, she's beautiful. Terrence Howard even made an appearance in this film. Film goes as such, according to IMDb, a young boy whose parents have just divorced finds an unlikely friend and mentor in the misanthropic, body hedonistic war veteran who lives next door. I'm James. I'm your host for tonight. Jones, what's up, man? I'm excited, man. Let's talk about this movie. Uh, I feel like this you is just this is kind of the antithesis of uh, of of uh, what was it? I don't feel at home in this world anymore. But what do you got? A fucking dictionary open over there? And- Yes. You just throwing out big ass words? Yeah, sorry. Oh trying my to teach God. my son four syllable words. So. Wow. Chris, what do you got, man? You ain't you don't have any big ass words over there, do you? Uh no. No, no. I'm way too stupid for that. I'm not one of <laughs> one of the smart guys. Hey, you don't gotta be uh, smart to know big words, man. <laughs> um that's true. That's true. That's true. No, 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 no. I'm just looking forward to getting into the movie that is as uh, you know, to steal a word from Jones, the antithesis of pretty much everything I like. As in it's not a crappy B horror movie. <laughs> I, I can agree. This is not a crappy <laughs> horror movie. This this movie is a lot of fun, man. For such a uh, a dreary setting, not even dreary. I guess just a depressing setting, so to speak. Just a, a melancholy, grumpy setting. It was hilarious, man. Um, I really, I really enjoyed it. So I'd never seen it. Never even heard of this film. I know it's a Bill Murray film. Like his his face is on the freaking poster, you know. Um, I can't think that there's anything that he's ever done that I haven't enjoyed. So I was excited going into this, especially his his later work. You know, when he started out earlier, he was a bit of a comedian. You know, stripes and a bit of a comedian. He was he was the comedic actor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> dude was hilarious. Not to say that he's not anymore. It's just he kind of changed his tone of movies. He started doing these more dramatic, independent, thought provoking films. Um, what's that one that was it? Scarlett Johansson that he did it with. Lost in Translation. There you go. Yeah, Lost in Translation. Like I remember, to, for me, that was when I noticed the shift so to speak. He may have done stuff before then, but for me, that's when I noticed. I was like, wait, this isn't the Bill Murray I, I, I grew up with and remember. You know, it's, it's it was funny, but not like his classic funny, you know? Um, and then 
Steve Zissou, like the Life Aquatic, like that movie. I love that movie. That's one of my guilty pleasures. I watch that at least once a month, I'd say. Um, <laughs> so I was excited to see this, man. Chris, what about you? I, you know, like just like you, I had no clue about this movie. Never heard of it. Didn't know a thing about it. Didn't know it existed until it popped up on the little randomizer. And I'm not quite as an unabashed fan of Bill Murray as you, apparently. But I am a fan. I do appreciate his work. I do like what he does. And, you know, there was a certain sense of, of, I would say, curiosity. Like, I was curious because I got a feel for what the movie was about. And then seeing the cast be, you know, Bill Murray, Jessica McCarthy, Melissa, you know, McCarthy. Or Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. Sorry, I don't know where I got Jessica from. Jeez. Uh, Wasn't she the chick from like Singled Out? No, that's Jenny McCarthy. Jenny that's her McCarthy, cousin. That's right. <laughs> yeah, they're cousins. They're cousins. But anyway, with with Melissa McCarthy and Bill Murray, and you know, two predominantly comedic actors, being in a film that was really obviously not a comedy, I was kind of curious to see how they could pull it off. So. I would say there was a lot of anticipation, a lot of curiosity. I was, I was very much looking forward to this film. So it's it's funny that you, you mentioned her and comedic actor because she's definitely like your slapstick. Well, I mean the newer version of slapstick comedy, not like quite Dumb and Dumber level, but you know Bridesmaids and all that stuff. Um, I liked seeing her in this role. I liked seeing her as a, as a mom who's struggling, who's not the comedic relief. Like, I just really enjoyed that. Um, Jones, what about you, man? What, 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 what were you thinking going into this? Uh, yeah, I've seen the trailer. <clears throat> like, it was limited release, I think, but I saw the trailer and I thought it was like Life Aquatic because it was kind of a quirky, non-comedic, like, it's not comedy first, um, Bill Murray sort of thing. And I thought it was another Wes Anderson style Mm-hmm. Um, center frame everything and just very beautiful aesthetic sort of thing but this movie was gritty and and i i, I turned I, I loved this i loved this movie i'm not gonna go too much into it but i loved this movie because i was really surprised by it and um but yeah I, I had no expectations going in but my wife was watching it one night i had to go to bed early and i watched like a part of it and that that's my experience with it and i and i enjoyed that small part but I'm glad that I'm watching it now with this culture lust lens, uh, and I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, for sure, man. So, been a little, a little bit behind the scenes here. See how the sausage has been made. Been a few days since I've seen this, um, so if I seem a little slow on the recall, I apologize. But uh, I love the way they open this movie because it just. I don't know, I got like, I don't want to say quite a grumpier old men feel to it, or... Yeah, I mean, just one man, though, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like, he's telling this joke, he's in this bar, he's got his drink, he's smoking a cigarette, and it just feels dirty, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was, I was like sucked in from the beginning, man, I was like, all right, like, let's, take me away, Bill Murray, I want to get lost in your your gruffness, you know? (laughs) And it's just... I, I don't see myself being exactly like him, but I see myself feeling like he does down the road. Like, just 
Yeah, he's just angry at everybody and annoyed and just wants to be in his little shell and just leave me alone. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I mean. It was the antithesis of uh, kind of your rant and uh, I don't I don't feel home in this world anymore. Yeah, he's just he's he's like past it. You know, you can tell that maybe he he tried at some point and now he's just fucking over it. And he's like, you know what? Yep, I'm cool with this. I'm cool with being this guy that no one talks to but I'll, I'll i'll talk to people every now and then on my own accord and that's it yeah yeah i, re- I really enjoyed the, the the opening bit of this of this movie um what about you jones you got anything to add man yeah i mean like you you said it it really set the tone um something something that i look for when i first start watching a movie is to decide whether or not it's shot on film and it's hard. It, it's it's getting harder to tell because they're getting really good at disguising digital uh, media as film. But this was like gritty as hell. Like so, there was no question that this was not a filmed, like film, tangible film movie. Uh, and I think it was important um, because, like you said, it, it's it, it's kind of it just sets the tone. It he he doesn't care. He's done. He's he's set in his ways, and he's he's okay with it. And if this was shot any other way with some fancy high tech red, you know, epic camera or whatever, uh, you wouldn't get that same feeling. But so yeah, so initially that that's the first thing I, I, I you feel it, you feel the the grittiness and and all, and then it's tangible. Yeah, I totally agree. Like it's just, I don't know. I'm you know, from the technical side, I like you're you're the guy, but I definitely got that. feeling you know like i didn't want to be in that bar (laughs) but i wanted to hear what was going on in that bar uh chris what about you man what what you got for me uh so when this yeah when when this movie started it immediately set the tone and i kind of respect that i kind of like really dig that like it absolutely set the tone and, and i think it set more of a table than i had thought it was going to set at the very beginning uh the the big scene that catches me uh towards the beginning of the the film was when you know after you know bill murray's character you know he tells his joke and then you see kind of his you know how he interacts with other people at the bar and this and that and whatnot the scene where he's probably obviously really drunk (laughs) but he's dancing to the jukebox yeah Right, and it's just that music, and he's just going crazy, and he's just going nuts, and he and you, it like a testament to to Bill Murray and his performance in this movie, which that's something I'll get into more later. But you just you look at his face while he's doing that, and it feels like, at least to me, and this is from having seen the movie three times in the last week and a half, it seems to me that what is being portrayed on on screen, what I'm seeing on screen is a man who doesn't want to be done with life, but just has so little left and is just losing himself in something other than life. You know, the music. I don't know if that's necessarily his music that he was listening to and is taking him back to another time or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it just really felt like that was one of the few moments in his life where he could simply let go and just be all about whatever music was playing. 
it didn't matter if he was dancing well or uh, I don't even think the music because it just didn't seem like it fit his character, if that makes sense. But still, it was just that moment he could let go and he could not worry about things and he can just be free from everything that's been weighing him down. So okay. that, that scene really struck really hard. It, it hit a chord and, and stuck with me throughout this entire movie. So, you know, uh, from, from the opening of this film, it immediately got going. And it, it really did a great job of capturing me and pulling me into the life of this this very enigmatic individual. Yeah, I which, found my... Which, oh, go ahead, Jones. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I, I just had a thought, which, first of all, that's a great point, Chris. Like, y- you can really... It really captures where he is in his life and that he's got more to live, but it looks like he's been through some shit. And... um you don't know any of that yet. You just see that. And they do a really good job portraying that. And then once you find out what the shit is that he's been through, it, it, you go back to that scene. I remember going back to the scene where he's dancing in the, in the bar and it, everything made more sense. It just totally enhanced yeah. the rest of the movie. Sorry, James. No, you're good, man. I, I agree. That's a good point. Um, it's funny. Cause you know, when you're watching, at least for me, like the first 10 minutes, I had so many questions just about, why he is the way he is, uh, the things that he's doing. I mean, <laughs> like he's laying on his back, smoking a cigarette, sleeping with a pregnant hooker. You know? <laughs> and you're just like, how did we get to this point? I'm curious. <laughs> you know? And uh, he drives over his fence and gives no fucks. Like, <laughs> and uh, no, no, he blames someone else. Yeah, exactly. Like he uses it to capitalize on, <laughs> you know, and it's just, I had so many questions going. And I love that they eventually get answered. And it was awesome. Yeah. And it is, yeah, so listeners, if you haven't if you haven't seen St. Vincent yet, please go watch it because it's definitely one of the better ones, in my opinion, that we've done on the show. And I'm, I'm going to have pretty high praise for it. There's definitely some negatives. But, um, yeah, man, I, Chris, you're, you're, you're spot on, dude. He, uh, I don't want to say he's a broken man, but he's... He's almost there. He's been, yeah. you can tell he's yeah, been through yeah. a lot of, just a lot of stuff. And he's hurting and he's angry. And, you know, he drinks to right. cope. And he and, has and I, his addictions, alcohol and gambling right. and this and that. And like you said, I think he's just trying to get involved in something aside from whatever his pain is, you know. And, um, I felt like I found myself empathizing for like Vin a lot. Like I felt a lot for his character and uh, there's some scenes later on that just made my heart break. Like it was, they were so good. Um, But you know, we'll, we'll get there for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just to kind of start out. Like that's one of my positives right off the bat is some of these scenes were so emotionally impactful for it being the grumpy crotchety old man comedy that's been done a, a few times before not quite like this yeah. though this stepped out on its own light for sure but uh for having those those comedy bits peppered in some of these scenes are hard hitting man and they did a really good job like a really good job with it i actually had to uh pause the movie for a second uh one because i was writing but two just because it was so impactful um spoiler alert for listeners that haven't watched it yet Pause now. But uh, 
when he goes, no, and, no, no, you know, don't, don't, don't pause. Keep listening. <laughs> when he, uh, you know, gets news that his wife has passed on and stuff and they just present him with this box. Like, God, that oh was crushing, God, man. Like so crushing. It's just and oh, Bill Murray's performance in there was like spot on. It was man. amazing. Like it was, I, like I felt like I was there with him and like, I also had loved this woman and lost this woman. And it's just, I mean, just the imagery and all this, like it's a, it's a, a fucking file box that you give employees when you fire them, you know? Yeah. Like a Sharpie written on the box with their name. God, it was yeah. so impactful. That, that's hands down, like probably my favorite scene in this movie. Um, but it, it, I mean, there's so many out there that was good. Uh, it, pretty much all the stuff with the kid was amazing, especially with Bill Murray involved. Like I thought that kid was a really good actor. And then once yeah. again, like I said in the beginning, Melissa McCarthy. I love seeing her in this role. I, I mean, I'm I'm a fan of some of her other work. Like Bridesmaids, pretty good. The the spy movie she did, meh, it was alright. Excuse me. But uh, and then Identity Theft or Thief or whatever, that one was okay did, too. Did you just say Bridesmaids was merely pretty good? I'm talking about her her performance in it. Yeah, that was kind of her breakout. Yeah. Uh, holy shit, she's funny. That yeah. was amazing. Yeah, I don't know, the movie's fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. But no, I agree with you 100%. Like, totally but I like seeing her in this role. This, this to me, yeah. makes more sense for her than her comedy stuff. Which, so, no, no insult to her whatsoever. She's funny as hell. But I really enjoyed seeing her in this role. Maybe just because it was something different. But I thought she, she nailed it. I thought it was really good. That's interesting, because like, a role can change your perspective of somebody so the 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 reboot of um was it ghostbusters Mm -hmm. it had both melissa mccarthy and um bill murray in it and neither bill murray just would like showed up for a paycheck in that right (laughs) like literally you see him in there and he just kind of shows up and goes through his blocking and does whatever melissa mccarthy they they brought her on to set up a camera and tell a bunch of jokes and i totally agree with you i bet she has so much more fun and this is so much more rewarding as an actress to 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 show her range and mm-hmm. she did she did do a good job and she was like you could sense her 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 struggles she's oh dude what I, she's going I've, through I've and met like, that mom like yeah. many a times in my life <laughs> are you kidding my mom. I, yeah like I've, yeah, yeah she nailed it i've dude. produced that mom <laughs> oh wow <laughs> i've made that mom come into being <laughs> The ongoing saga. There we go. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, no, but but really, for sure, I gotta absolutely one hundred percent second what you said. Like, um, I love Melissa McCarthy's comedic turns. Um, Bridesmaids is seriously one of my all time favorite comedies. Absolutely love it. And, uh, and Chris you know, O'Dowd too. He was in that too. Yeah. Oh yeah, I top. absolutely love Chris O'Dowd, man. Um, because well, I loved him from uh, the IT crowd. Yeah, 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 totally. And I thought he did great in Bridesmaids as well. There's no, he hasn't been in anything that I haven't absolutely loved him in. Uh, Cuban Fury. Exactly, he I was loved good him in, in that Cuban too. Fury, but I didn't like. He, him. Chris O'Dowd is my is my spirit animal. <laughs> I would have his babies if he would allow. Um, but we're talking about Melissa McCarthy, and <laughs> holy shit! Guys, I mean, seriously, she went from that chick that was basically dry humping the the air marshal in Bridesmaids yeah, to playing a Charlie. broken, 
To exactly. Right. You no, know, that is a perfect example to playing this near broken, only barely keeping it together because of her love for her son and want and and need and want to give him a good life. It just seamlessly, like I was absolutely fascinated by her performance. Bill Murray, you kind of already knew he could do it because you'd seen some of his other more quirky movies. But but Melissa McCarthy to stretch her wings and her acting chops as she did was, I I think the the biggest surprise of this movie to me was how good she was. Uh, not that I doubted her, but. I didn't expect the level. I think the bigger surprise for me was uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce his name, but J- Jaden Library kid, the kid oh, who plays yeah, Oliver. That's right. This was his first acting role. Oh, he killed it, man! He was so good. Yeah, and you, you no, wouldn't totally, know. totally. And his his interaction that you mentioned earlier, James, his his inter- I think it was uh, one of you. His interactions with Bill Murray or Vincent Oliver and Vincent, it was kind of like this symbiotic thing because. Uh, you know, Vincent never really had a, a strong father. He has a dad and he still talks to his dad, but he didn't have that that manly man kind of father figure and and Bill Murray never had a kid. He never had a son. So they, they got to live vicariously through each other's, you know, emptiness. Wow, I'm getting deep. And then like <laughs> and and he he played it so well. I mean he was he was a, he's a kid and it was kind of flat at times, but for somebody who's never been in a, a, a feature, a, a anything, uh, he he did really well. We're talking about you know actors yeah. who d- have had success. This kid has done nothing, and the sky's the limit for him. Right. Yeah. Well, I I think the fact that none of us that we've been talking about this movie for as long as we have, I don't know what the what time we're at, but we've been talking about it for as long as we have, and none of us have mentioned how terrible the kid actor was, I think is a testament to how well he did, and the fact that he was able to hold his own in scenes with someone as successful as Bill Murray, I, I, I think just adds to you know what you were saying. Yeah. And I gotta say, yeah. Bill Murray, I have, there's, like, Bill Murray is my all-time favorite, and that's because Caddyshack is my number one all-time <laughs> favorite movie of all time. And I said all time a couple times just to enforce <laughs> just, just to the importance. Emphasize. Of yeah. How all timey so, of the all time miss <laughs> his all time favorite movie. Is there. <laughs> uh, and and to prove that the listeners out there don't listen to James, I do watch movies, good ones oh, too. So you've seen Caddyshack, big whoop de doo. <laughs> you've seen a movie that's like forty years old. Congrats. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But no, Bill Murray. Bill Murray's my favorite because of that movie and. And all the SNL staff in that movie, but Bill Bill Murray is Bill Murray. But yeah, yeah. when I when I think of Bill Murray, like the I always think of Scrooged. I think. Oh my, Scrooged! Yeah, Groundhog uh, Day, Groundhog Day, Day yeah. And then of course yeah. Ghostbusters fall like falls in right. Well, Ghostbusters. But he was he was perfect in Ghostbusters. He was yeah, but what about Kingpin? He was like a con artist. What he about was, what? He was Kingpin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Kingpin. My bad. Bro, yeah. He was in that movie for about five minutes, and so? he made that whole movie. Like <laughs> five minutes of screen time, dude was easily the most memorable character in that entire movie. Oh, his scenes towards the end when he's you know got his foundation for children, just so he can like get with the the hot moms. Like, <laughs> <laughs> dude, he's, yeah. The underground bowling. It's. World. it's you know, oh yeah, 
I'm never uh, I'm never really affected that much by like celebrity deaths and stuff, you know. Um, for anybody who's a Trailer Park Boys fan, um, Jim Lee, he just passed away yesterday, actually. Um, you know, he was a great comedic actor. I mean, that's not his actual name, Jim Lee, but that was the character he played. And um, Robin Williams, I was I was a little upset when Robin Williams went. I was devastated. Yeah, Steve Irwin. Still remember that one. That was that was a hard one for me because I always watched the. But man, when Bill Murray goes, that's gonna be a sad, sad day. Yeah, man. yeah. I mean, for me, it's I I feel it most when we lose the musical talents, like when we lost David Bowie. Yeah, and Prince, and Scott Weiland, Chris Cornell, uh, Chester Chris Bennington, Cornell. Chris Cornell. I mean, think about Those it. Those last two kind of came out of nowhere, man. I mean, yeah. uh, if you think about it, Stone Temple Pilots, Nirvana, Alice in Chains, and Soundgarden were among the most influential grunge bands of the early to mid-90s. Mm-hmm. And we lost every single one of those lead singers. Yeah, The heart and soul of every single one of those bands. Which, not to downplay the importance of that, but I agree, if Bill Murray dies, I feel like it would be more impactful than all of them combined. To me, Oh, no. I'm just saying, someone better put some bubble wrap on uh, any better. You can't put bubble wrap on age. Uh, someone put a helmet on Eddie Vedder because if we lose him, uh, don't, don't forget Dave Grohl. Dave he was Grohl's never the lead singer man. of a grunge band, right, but he was the he was the backbone of Nirvana. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing with you because Dave Grohl's probably my favorite musician ever. So nah, you're right. You're right. Recently, but hey. You can suck my balls. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Saint Vincent. How about, how about Saint Vincent? <laughs> Saint Vincent. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, so I love it when he, uh, he takes the. So initially, when he takes the kid in, it's just for income, right? Because his bank account's overdrawn. Um, you know he's he's behind on bills and this and that. He owes a bookie yeah. some money, and everything's an opportunity. Yeah, exactly. So like he takes the kid yeah. in just strictly for a source of income, and of course that's kind of like a, a classic story. Like oh, this relationship blossomed somewhere where it wouldn't ri- originally, you know. But they did it so well because you could tell, just like you were saying with the whole father figure and not having a kid thing, you know he sees the kid getting beat up. He goes and beats the shit out of the bully and then teaches the kid how to fight. <laughs> it's just like Yeah, in that scene, I don't know if you noticed, um, there was like they did like the sunlight behind him to create like that saint aura. Right. Like when he picks him up off the ground. Yeah. yeah. Foreshadowing. Oh. No, that's good. I never noticed that. That's You watched it right. three times. <laughs> I know, and and that, that I just didn't notice just that <laughs> bit. That no, that's really cool. No, I I'm Dude, I'm praising you for pointing something out. I missed. That's oh, no, awesome. I gotta ruin it. But yeah, yeah all the all the scenes with the kid, man. Like, well, I can't say all of them, but the majority of them were actually really well. I I loved it when he was the new kid in class because we've all been there. Like, that's awkward <laughs> as fuck. And yeah, you know, he, yeah. he he doesn't really know what religion he is. He's like, I I think I'm Jewish and this and that. And you know, of course, Chris O'Dowd's <laughs> like, well, I'm Catholic, and that's the best religion because we have the most rules. <laughs> like that line killed me, man. I thought that was the funniest yeah. thing. And then yeah. he's like, we, we have a, a Buddhist and a, and a, yeah. and a, and a Protestant and, a, and an atheist. And, and I a, think I'm an agnostic Jewish. And, and an I don't know, which I think is the fastest growing religion. In the world. <laughs> and then he had it, he had it like, 
he wanted, you know, the new kid to, to say, you know, he wanted Oliver to give like the morning prayer or whatever. And he didn't even know how to do it. Like <laughs> he's going to a freaking like Catholic school and he didn't even know how to like, give it was, it was whole, it was hilarious. It was awkward yeah. and almost cringy. And it was just, it was funny and it was dry. It felt real though. And I yeah. think that's what Chris O'Dowd brought to it. Like it was very, um, 24th century, like, uh, obviously there are a bunch of kids in a Catholic school that aren't even religious. Right. 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 No, I, I think that scene is amazing because it's such a simple, basic little scene. And yet for some reason we're sitting here talking about how amazing it was. Oh yeah. It was hilarious. And it was, it was a different type of comedic relief too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. My, I mean, we've talked about it several times. And the when humor works is when it's supplementing something like real raw emotion. And this movie is not a comedy, even though it's billeted as a comedy. And I'm sure that has to do with marketing the movie and all that kind of stuff. But this is not a comedy. This is a dramatic film that has comedic, you know, undertones. And the comedy works because of that, because it's like it's it's depressing. <laughs> and. And yeah, so uh, totally. Yes, yeah, so that's. That's actually a good point because that's one of my one of my positives for the film is I guess it's a combination of pacing, timing, and then the way that they pepper in the comedy to kind of break up this downtroddenness of the film. And they did such a like it, like you said, man, it felt real and lived in. I get that's the there the you go, yeah, totally for sure. Yeah. It, it felt. Uh, like it, had, <clears throat> like it had some miles on it, you know. Um, yeah. And I just, I was immersed, you know. Like I knew I was watching a movie, but the the analytical lens kind of went away, and I found myself just chilling and enjoying the story as it unfolded before me. And yeah. I don't know. Maybe I need to keep that in check when we do cultureless movies. But it's hard as a movie fan to not sit here and just enjoy this for what it is and. Right. And for Yeah, I didn't I didn't have any negatives. Like I can't think aside from maybe like some nitpicky things, I can't think of any plot negatives and I'm sure you guys have some, but like you said, like I just enjoyed watching this movie. Like and that was it. I enjoyed it. It was it was cathartic, it was visceral, realistic, and it hit close to home. Because like my son is three mm-hmm. and I can't imagine finding out that some some punk ass is like bullying my son <laughs> right because i would have thought that i'd raise my son differently but uh but yeah so when 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 i saw that scene i was pumped and then i see saint vincent come in so I, that 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 scene worked for me spe- like on a personal level because of that well what i really like though is they didn't just leave the kid a bully they actually grew yeah, his yeah. character and gave a little they bit of his story. Yeah. And that's explained why he was a bully. Yeah, so he that's wasn't just another thing is like yeah. kids aren't just bad to be bad. There's usually some underlying reason. Usually their parents' fault. Yeah. And ninety percent of the time it's the parents' fault. <laughs> but it's and I like that they did that. They 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 took a little bit of time and they did it. And it was it was yep. it didn't feel out of place and it actually added to the movie. And you see this friendship blossom between him and his former bully. And it was just, it was awesome. And, 
you know, you got to chalk that up to St. Vincent being the figure that he was for this kid at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, this kid's in a new place. His family just is divorced and all this stuff. And here you have this grumpy old drunk that's given this kid the confidence to grow up and make the best out of a situation. It was awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm full of positives for this movie. I could sit here and talk about it all day. Chris. Yeah, I don't even know where we're at. Yeah, <laughs> Chris, you got any more positives to add, man? Positives? Yeah. Uh, oh, man. I just want to preface any positive and negative talk with saying, like, I do have a couple negatives, but they do not by any way outweigh the, the positive. Yeah. So, first off, like, the, the number one positive I have for this movie, aside from everything that we've already talked about, was the performances. I thought the performances in this movie were fantastic. I thought everybody who was really, like, given the ball in a scene to, to carry a scene did amazingly. From Melissa McCarthy to uh, Bill Murray, even Terrence Howard. I mean, would you get Terrence Howard to play your two-bit Bookie. thug? Your, yeah, your, your thug, your bookie thug yeah, character. Right. And but he, you know, when... But what he, happened? That's to a him. character. Can we? I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just nothing. want to talk. He just about bounced, him. man. Like, no, no, no. I'm not talking the movie. I'm talking about the actual actor. Like, did he have a falling out? No, he's now? an empire, man. He's an empire. Oh, he's because he's, he's he, got like, massive. I felt like he was on a roll. You know, he he did. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What was that? The movie where he was the pimp. Oh, uh, Leprechaun in the Hood. Definitely no. not Leprechaun in the Hood. <laughs> not slightly oh. racist. Sorry. What? Whoa! Whoa! No! No! Just yeah, against Irish, like a rapper. Irish. Whoa! God, why can't I remember this movie? It was like his fight. Hustle and Flow. <laughs> Hustle and Flow. It was yeah, like yeah, his yeah. big break. For a pimp. Um. Yeah, but then he got into. I think well, to answer your question. He got into a, a pay dispute with Robert Downey Jr. And the Iron oh, yeah, Man. I heard about that. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's why they got Don Cheadle, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Terrence Terrence Howard thought he could like bluff his way out of it, and they're like, "All right, we'll get we'll get we'll get Don Cheadle." Right. And then that, that honestly, I think that's what happened. He was in some like movies here and there, and he's been great in them. But but like I said, Empire. It's a, I think it's on Fox. That's his that's his thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's a, he's a great actor. Uh, he's a great I, actor. I, d- I definitely don't want to take anything away from him. I just, I was just wondering where he went, man. Because like I've always enjoyed <laughs> him in all the stuff that I've seen him in. Yeah. It's just I felt like I didn't see him in anything for a while. But but I mean that's what I mean. When you get an actor of that caliber to play such a, a relatively small role, it's just gonna make your film top to bottom better. Yeah, the whole movie was enhanced by the cast. Just, oh, for just by sure. them being for there. Sure. Well, and Naomi Watts uh, too. Like, yeah, I was Naomi not expecting Watts, to man. see her as a pregnant Russian immigrant stripper hooker. Like, so- sounds like we're into Chris's first negative. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, I fell in love with this chick when she did King Kong. So yeah, it was. She did what to King Kong? <laughs> when she just did him. <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> King Kong Kong. Oh my god! Like uh, yeah, no, one of my favorite bad. movies with her bad. is uh, Funny Games. I don't know if you guys the have ring? seen that. Probably not. I haven't. Chris, not. I feel like you've probably seen Funny Games. I haven't. In fact, the only mo- other movie that I've seen with Naomi Watts in it was when some weird, creepy chick was climbing out of a TV. Oh, the ring. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's. Yeah, no. But that's. I expect that from you. <laughs> but funny <laughs> of games. Course. Funny games is like uh, it was made to. I don't want to say mock, but judge or cast an ill light on the torture porn genre because this is when Hostile and Saw were like coming out and ah, uh, Teristas and all that. So Funny Games was originally it was a European film. I don't remember which country and I feel bad because here I am talking about how awesome it is and I don't even know where its country of origin is. But it basically flopped. So then the guy's like, well screw that and he really like redid it with American actors and released it in the States and it actually got quite a bit of success. And it's a movie that it's a it's a home invasion film, but there's no violence in the movie. He did that on purpose because, like I said, he was basically poking fun at Hostile and saw these movies that have to be suspenseful and shocking, but through gore. And Funny Games hmm. is like one of my favorite uh, suspense slash I guess you could call it a horror, but just the tension that that movie produces is just so well done. So. Naomi Watts is the mom in that movie, and she did a killer job with it. So, you know, I'm I'm used to seeing her in that kind of light. You know, she's a mom, oh, she's talking about her kids, or she's King Kong. You know, in King Kong, she's a budding actress, like trying to find her way, and then to see her as this stripper hooker, <laughs> I was just <laughs> kind of taken aback by it. But it was it was good. Man. That's that's not the movie where the home invaders are like these blonde kids, yep. like these two blonde dudes, and they keep like talking to the camera. Yeah, they break the fourth wall. Oh yeah, I no, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's yeah, I mean, listeners, you gotta go see it. Jones, Chris, definitely see it. There's only like one scene of violence in the whole film, and like you mentioned, they break the fourth wall. So like he literally is like digging through the room and finds a remote control and pushes the rewind button and rewinds back to before the violence and just changes his decision. <laughs> like, it's so crazy. <laughs> That's some Spaceballs yeah, shit, Yeah, it's dude. good. It's good. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, that movie's on the list. Right. So Extensive list. Jones mentioned Crap, it. I haven't seen it. I think he's right. I think we touched on it. Uh, sounds like you're kind of edging into negative waters there, Chris. What's up? Ooh, um... And and again, I, I want to second my my preface to the positives was uh, that any negative that I come up with does not in any way, shape, or form mean I don't think this movie was fantastic because I really do. This movie was really great, and if you haven't seen it, highly recommend giving it a, a, a watch because it's it's a great film. But actually, ah, man, uh, Naomi Watts's character as a whole. Like, the entire character. I just wasn't feeling it, man. Hmm. Like, she felt like the only cartoon character in this gritty, real take on life. She just felt out of place for you? Yeah, yeah, she really did. She really did. And, and, and I'm not so sure. Like, her accent, I think, was okay. But I'm not man, Russian. I'm, yeah, so I'm, I don't say, know I'm, not, a, I'm not a language coach, so it's hard for Exa- me. Exactly, but it didn't... It's just, there's just something about it that felt like it was uh, a non-Russian playing a Russian character, yeah. if that makes sense. And and just, like, pretty almost every single scene with her in it kind of took me out of it. Because, again, she was the cartoon character in all of this. You have this very real, this very gritty, this very poignant, introspective look on life uh, in different 
you know, in different, uh, different periods of life. Because mind you, you know, you have the young kid going through transition. Then you have the the older, but still not old, mom and Melissa McCarthy dealing with her life. And then you have the guy that's on the back end of his life, kind of looking at that and and dealing with all that. So, so this movie is very layered in the snapshot of life in general that it portrays and she to me just seemed to have no place in it whatsoever mm. like i don't honestly feel that i just feel that you could have taken that character out of this story completely and you really wouldn't have lost much i can agree with that to an you're, you're not far off chris yeah, yeah i agree with you a little bit there i just think it was maybe the, well, I, and this is all just a guessing game, but for me, the way I viewed it was just demonstrating the level of his sleaze, you know? <laughs> right, but but even then, the you didn't quite get that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm uh, with you on this, Chris. I think she was kind of like, oh, God, how do we explain how he was saved, you know, through his, his treatment after he had a stroke, yeah. and how do, how do we do this and this? Oh, let's introduce this character that he's in love with. Right, right, right. But then again... You know he's he's got a he's got a dead wife, uh, or a, not even at that time he had a wife who uh, was in dementia, like late stages of dementia, and so who knows maybe I don't know I I, I agree with you I'm just kind of reaching. No I I mean I mean I mean the thing about it is is the character didn't you know in a movie like this a character that's really really out of place can actually kill it for me. Mm. Like, it, uh, like if that character was worse than it was, it, it absolutely could have killed this entire. If they had movie. a worse actor. So, exactly, exactly. So yeah. even even though that I would point this at you know that character as a negative, it still doesn't kill the movie. It's still, God, man, it's still a fantastic movie. Like even in my negatives, I can't stop just thinking about all the positives that I had for it. Yeah, I don't really have. Any true negatives, so to speak? Um, I think my biggest gripe with the movie is I didn't realize that they were going to be cutting onions while I was watching it, and how dare they cut onions for you too? Emotional side. Yeah, I I just I had the same thing. Like I wasn't sad. I mean, because I don't cry. I'm a man. So that somebody was cutting onions in my my house. Ah, man, I thought I was the only one. Yeah, it was just unexpected uh, for me in terms of, I don't know. I was just expecting him to be a grumpy old man. I wasn't expecting him to be a broken slash trying to heal angry at the world because he's losing everything, old man. Yeah, And I found myself empathizing very hard for him. And like I said, that the, the, the scene with his wife was crushing. Um, mm. which out. time yeah <laughs> like the first time when them. you realize all of what's them. going on he's, he's got to pose without... as a doctor just so he can yeah get some interaction well, and, with his wife. god that worked that worked so well too because he's this you know slimy guy and he does things to just like get free stuff so you, you're like primed to think that he's doing something to like get free laundry or something but you find out that he's been doing laundry for his wife this whole time and right. he's been pretending to be a doctor just so that she would talk to him and i mean i don't i know you guys 
I know you guys work heavily with like mental health and you know psychiatry and all that kind of stuff, but uh, I don't I don't know how much experience you have with dementia. A little bit, a little bit. Um, uh, for for uh, a hot minute, I, I was actually a uh, programs coordinator for a uh, dementia ward in a, uh, a senior center. So I got a really really quick like you know uh on the fly kind of you know training on on what that's all about and the scenes with 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 his wife and then after and just with the staff like when he's talking to the the girl that uh works at the center that that his wife is at and all that kind of stuff just that really hit home for for me because you know yeah. like i said I, I dealt with dementia patients for for a long well not not patients residents sorry i did not work at a actual like clinic care facility uh but um but you know having worked with with you know uh individuals that were stricken with dementia it's it's hard man it's it's more difficult on the family than anybody else yeah, you know like sure. you know me i got periphery stuff but when i saw family come in and try and try to visit that was what really hit hard and it just seems like this movie has something that will hit everybody hard. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. It just, it, fuck this movie, man. Yeah. This movie sucks. <laughs> cutting onions in my living gonna room. going to hit it back hard. Like, I don't know about you guys and you're cutting onions, but I just straight up teared up because oh, I was emotional. Bitch, so no, yeah, because man. I'm a man and I can admit Cause, it. Cause, cause only women cry. Well, I was drunk at the time. Okay. I was feeling very vulnerable. Yeah, man, I don't, I don't have any negatives for this movie, really. Like, I, yeah. I enjoyed yeah. the soundtrack. I enjoyed the acting. I enjoyed the the story arcs that it, for what it was. I agree to you know with Chris to, to a point. I mean, I, I love Naomi Watts, so I enjoy seeing her. Um, maybe not as a pregnant stripper hooker, but I, you're right, man. She could have been removed from the film, and it would have been all right. Um. It would have been kind of actually cool to see Melissa McCarthy be the caretaker given the stroke. Not, not, yeah, in a non like yeah. wife or yeah, like sexual way, but, but like, as a yeah. Paying yeah. it forward, back, forward, I don't know. Some sort of, I don't know. Something. You know, well, helping thy neighbor kind of thing, you know. Well, one, one of the big things about this movie that, and, and I apologize because I forgot to talk about it with my positives, was I, I think one of the, the biggest. The second biggest positive about this movie was the fact that it wasn't your typical angry at everything, hate the world person meets innocent little kid and suddenly finds new life and Dennis learns to up. like things. Up, yeah. You know, like, I, it's just, that's a cliched story. And in this, the movie tips its hand pretty quickly in showing that Vincent is not so far from he, he's not so far down the straight legit asshole path as you may think yeah. you know and you know i i think that really plays very well into lending a bit of complexity to the character he's not just cantankerous for the sake of being cantankerous well he's a vietnam vet which i'm sure you know all three of us can understand where that could kind of tilt the ship a little bit, you know, and in terms of the rest of his life. And 
Oh, yeah. His PTSD. wife is in dementia. Oh, yeah. The VA sucks, so there's no medical care for you. Oh, and by the way, yeah. the U.S. population didn't even support the war, and they hate you for going, you fucking baby murderer. Yeah, I could totally right. see how it would make him an asshole. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then you see his wife, which, hey, who knows? I don't know. I may be trying to fill in blanks that shouldn't be filled in, but maybe his wife was the one thing that really gave him joy and made him feel love in this world after having gone through that. Because he mentions he was 18. Mm-hmm. He graduated high school, went straight to Vietnam. Uh, yeah, that's a great way to begin your adult life, isn't it? And then he has his wife, who obviously, even in his cantankerous, like, hate the world, you know, period of his life, he still absolutely adores. And he couldn't even bring himself to answer the phone when the facility called to tell him that his wife, you know, had passed away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he couldn't bring himself to deal with that. Well, I also think so, he was angry for being... Everything in the hospital and stuff when she passed because I think it was probably really yeah. important. There were so many messages for like they were trying to get a hold of him. There. God, I know. Yeah. But there's just so much to this. That was the heartbreaking. Yeah, and- one of the bigger heartbreaking parts for me is because, you know, like I've said before <sighs> on previous episodes, it's, it's got to be relatable for me. So I, I was, a, you know, being a married man who yeah. <laughs> allegedly loves his wife very much. Uh, I imagine how, oh. how fucking difficult that would be to not be there for the end that would fucking suck <laughs> like yeah. so much <laughs> i mean and statistically men die before women yeah. so like yeah oh. yeah and and to tie all those points look i've got negatives you know the third act was kind of weak for me it was forced and predictable and the kid i loved the kid as an actor but he was on the surface not that great because he was first like i have my negatives but none of that matters because we talk about this all the time like i don't know if we talked about this subject where if if you relate to the characters like james said and you understand where they're coming from you don't care how the movie is made you don't Mm -hmm. care about plot holes none of that stuff matters because the whole point of watching a movie is to disconnect from your own shitty reality and put yourself in someone else's life for a minute and even if it's sad, this movie wasn't at the end. It was it was very heartwarming. Mm-hmm. And and to tie everything together, I feel like I feel like this works and we, we're just saying good things with like kind of general good things, but I think it works because everybody in this movie has a reason to be where they are emotionally. Like they don't just write it and just oh we need a guy who's like sad and we need to like cantankerous. I'm going to use that word cuz it's a good one. Uh, cantankerous old old man and we like there's a re- there's a legitimate reason for everybody to be where they are and it works so well because of that yeah absolutely 100% agree like there was a reason Vin was the way he was he wasn't just because yeah. there's a reason the bully was the way he was there was a reason Exa- uh, well, now Terrence that, Howard's character is and like all these people now that they've all been driven it, though, by something now that we're breaking it down there's one character that they didn't really touch on, and I'm a little peeved <laughs> now. The cat, man. The cat could have been, could have been something. Oh, dude, <laughs> I want that cat so ball. bad. Yeah. Oh God, no I want that cat. There's no, yeah. There's what no does that cat, cat even do? You could take Why the cat out of the movie? movie, and it wouldn't change. So. No. <laughs> no. 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 We're, we're gonna <laughs> so, fight over this because I want that fluffy ass white cat. I think it's a Persian. I think is what those yeah, are. Yeah, it was Persian. Yeah. 
Uh, All I saw was floof. Who's the Who's the villain in, in uh, uh, Inspector Gadget? Oh my God! Doctor Doctor or Mister Claw or something Doctor. like that? Or? I think it was Doctor Doctor Doc- Claw. But yeah, he had a person. Yeah. Sounds right. It's just like oh, that's, that's yeah. your villain cat, you know. But oh, maybe holy crap! They were doing. Oh, it's just You're a right. cat. I don't know. It's just a cat. But. I don't know. Maybe maybe James yeah. might be on something. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, man, I just uh. so listeners, please, please, please go check out Saint Vincent if you haven't already. This movie is freaking awesome. So good. People will start cutting onions in your house, and you won't even know why. Uh, I'm gonna call oil just cry really. like a bitch like, yeah, because problem. you're okay, there's a, masculine enough to admit that you have emotions. No, I'm just making a joke, man. Making a joke. <laughs> I, I know I'm, I'm a very know. empathetic I'm person. I cry. No, I cry. I'm just so a pathetic person. <laughs> He's just a pathetic person. Yeah, I'm just pathetic. No. Dude, I cried at the end of 300. Okay, like <laughs> wow, you are a bitch. <laughs> Like there's just that that line, you know, as like Leonidas is on his his hands and knees, and he's like kind of you know been shot full of arrows, and he's trying to struggle to like bring himself back up because he's a proud fucking Spartan, and then the other Spartans there with him, and he's like, "My king, it's an honor to die by your side." And Leonidas looks over him, and he's like, "It was an honor to have lived by yours." Fuck, man, like that's just. Oh, I've heard way too many times nah. from people <laughs> that have been there on the battlefield when people are dying, and that's what it comes down to, man. Is they just don't want the last be alone. samurai. They did something like that too. Yeah, but they even mentioned three hundred. Yeah, yeah, but they just they don't want to be alone in that moment. You know. Yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. And that's I that's I think three hundred for what it was I captured that. that that little instance of. I, you know, recognizing that you're here with somebody as you're going out of this world. And that was awesome. But that, anyway. All right. All right. No, I, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I, I cried with, with Freddy in the sky. So, you know. Well, it was, that's it was just fucking... I cried because it was so terrible and it was painful for me to watch. <laughs> <laughs> it physically hurt me. We we just couldn't go an episode without mentioning Freddy in the sky. I know. I'm just saying. Oh, and fuck. I didn't even address it. Listeners, Scott. Scott loves making fun of Freddy in the sky. Scott's going to be taking a little bit of a break. <laughs> Uh, for the next few weeks or so, he's got some stuff going on, and he he felt bad that he wasn't gonna be able to devote as much time to the podcast. So we're just gonna you know take a little break, and that's that's cool, man. Like that's that's why there's four of us, you know, so that we can do stuff like that. And unfortunately, the podcast is not the life for everyone just yet, you know. Like not we all have full time jobs and families and careers and all this shit. So you know maybe the podcast will get to that point where it's our our I don't our prime number one. But as of right now, you know, people got to take care of stuff. And that's just, that's how it works, man. So, yeah, you won't be hearing Scott for at least a couple episodes, I'd say. Probably three or four altogether. But um, back to back to wrapping up this movie. I would buy it. I think it's up there. Like, it's going to be up there with My Life Aquatic, St. Vincent. Um, another one that I just watched recently. And my wife is a little upset that I did not wait for her. Um, Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, that's another Wes Anderson movie. So good. Yeah, the Fantastic Mr. Fox. So good. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I I dig his style, man. So this movie's definitely a buy for me. Can't praise it enough. Jones, where you at, man? Yeah. So I mean, I don't I don't typically buy movies. In the main reason I would want to buy this is just to see the behind the scenes stuff. 
Yeah. If it's on Netflix, I'll watch it and I'll go see it in well, theaters. But yeah, I'll change my buy. Or I'll watch. To, I'll rent it on video on demand. Like yeah, I'll change my buy. I will continue to subscribe to Netflix. Yeah, but <laughs> but my my final point. I just kind of want to wrap up something like the the ongoing theme for at least me is there's it it doesn't matter if you have two hundred fifty million dollars or two million dollars. This movie had a thirteen oh, million dollar budget. budget. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Now you're saying like net worth. Yeah, no, no, that I'm does like, matter. Uh, if I had 250 million, I would, I wouldn't be. No, I'd probably be sitting here. I just have nicer equipment. Yeah. But, but I wouldn't be here. But like, so 13. This had an estimated, and you see estimated a lot. And what that means is it includes, uh, marketing and distribution, both theater and DVD and all that kind of stuff. So like, maybe not DVD, but theaters. But like, so you take that, you subtract that, you're at like. I don't know, nine, ten million ish. And then you've got to pay these actors for this this film. You got Terrence Howard, you got all the guys everybody we've we've mentioned. So then this movie comes down to like a three million dollar budget mm-hmm. when you when you break everything down. And and the other movie that we've talked about that had about that was Outcast or Bleed, uh maybe not Bleed. Uh Super. Like these movies well, Super was good. Super was good. O- Outcast is my example. So like it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't really matter who the actors are. It just matters that the story is compelling in that it, it does something for you. It doesn't matter what it is because this movie does a lot of different things for different people. This movie does something for me because, you know, my son is my future and I don't want to end up in this position. My, I love my wife and, and James has his reasons and, and Chris has his reasons. Everybody has their reasons. And that's, that's why this movie is so good and... This is the this is the movie that I want to watch. I mean, not this one, but this is the kind of movie that I hope we get every single time on our randomizer. Mm. That's all I got. Ooh, mm. I got bad news for you then. Well, actually, that bad news is for next week. Or not next week, but the episode after next week. But I'm going to touch on that after Chris gives his, his final thesis statement. Please don't, don't rant. Just... Just wrap it up. <laughs> Sorry, man. Uh, I had to rant. No, I'm not wow. telling Chris not to wow. rant. Oh, like a Chris rant. Okay. Way, way to, way to open up the floor and, and really give me my forum to express myself. No, no, no. And you're, my you're and stuck to the one by one tile. Like that's that's your floor. Uh, okay. Um, one, mile, one mile by one mile. Yeah. <clears throat> but no, man. What's closing thoughts on this movie, man? you got i like this movie wow <laughs> jenny <laughs> all right we'll see you next week <laughs> yeah that's it no no i i really like this movie it was really it, for what it was it was fantastic it was just this little movie that really felt like the people that were involved in it actually cared about it there was a lot of it, it felt like there was a lot of passion and i mean that's probably what actors are all about that's probably why these are some of the you know, best actors in working today is because they make you think they actually give a crap about what they're doing. Uh, they wouldn't be actors if they didn't. So, you know, props to them. Um, no, it was great. I loved that it didn't follow the the traditional trope of cranky guy is cranky for reasons. Uh, I love that right off the bat, they show you the the main character isn't a dick just for the sake of being a dick 
you know, I love that they start immediately hinting and showing signs of there being reasons behind it and, and a story and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and I think it was, I think, I don't remember who, which one of you guys mentioned it, either James or you, Jones, mentioned that, you know, every character had a reason for being the way they were from the main character, you know, Vin to the bully to the, the little kid to, you know, Melissa McCarthy's character. You know, everyone had a reason for being the way they were and having the mindset that they had, you know, everyone was reacting to something at some point in their lives. And that again, to, to follow along the, the traditional or the, the common theme of, of this entire discussion was that, that truly made it relatable. I think to a lot of people, I related to it, even though I'm not a, you know, 70 year old Vietnam vet that is uh, at risk for stroke. Or a, you know, 10-year-old just starting his new school. Or a newly divorced mom. I'm not any of those things. And yet, there was still enough of a human element to this film for me to really grasp onto and relate and understand and really get to feel it emotionally. So, you know, that's that's about it. That's, that's, that's my final thought. I would definitely buy, uh, given that I understand that rent by burn is hypothetical yeah. and not literal <laughs> uh this would definitely go into the buy category it would definitely look good in any collection definitely worth talking about definitely worth recommending definitely worth watching uh, especially if you like movies that are emotional and get you to feel uh yeah for sure well said man yeah i, I agree good, good points for sure um so that 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 wraps up this one listeners um usually at this point in time we'll hit the randomizer and select another another film but we've had something in the works for quite a while now and i'm sure some of you remember some of you are maybe going what the fuck whatever happened to that quite a number of episodes ago i don't remember how how many episodes ago it was like, it was like seven it was like, a long was time a while man. ago i've been you know how they say i've been slipping into that or sliding into that dm and trying to make some magic happen with some people uh so we had sharknado assigned to us a while ago and we were going to do a review on sharknado and then we postponed because i was trying to get the director anthony c ferrante to come hang out with us and discuss his movie well it finally fucking happened people uh so next episode what is this this is episode 21 right Mm -hmm. oh shit our podcast old enough to buy beer now sweet um, but for episode 22, <laughs> there will not really be a movie review per se in our traditional sense. It's actually just going to be an awesome, super fun, open discussion that's hilarious with the director of the Sharknado series, Anthony C. Ferrante. Be excited, listeners, because one, we were nervous as hell. Like... <laughs> <laughs> might not show but holy shit nah, i was no, i wasn't nervous i was drunk <laughs> but that dude i was both yeah <laughs> that dude is so cool and he's so passionate about his projects that i wasn't too thrilled on sharknado honestly i didn't even like it that much but after sitting down with that guy for like what two hours it was a long time and talking to him and hearing the stories that went into it and stuff like I'm a fan now. He made me enjoy the movies just by hanging out with him and talking to him. So be excited because it's going to be a good episode. 
show the guy some love, hit him up on Twitter, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, next episode is going to be our interview with Anthony C. Ferrante. And then after that, we'll resume our, our normal movie review schedule. But be ready for episode 22. It's going to be a good one. Um, in the meantime, hit us up on Facebook. We got a, we got a group now. Um, it's the Seven Early Sins group. And you can even search Culture Lust on Facebook. It'll direct you to there as well. Hit us up on Twitter, at 7 Sins. Check out the website, please, 7 Yeah, YouTube's still in the mix. But Twitch, Twitch is going to be popping because I'm sitting in front, behind, in front. I don't know where, what, where I'd be, but I guess in front. I have in front of me three <laughs> kick-ass fucking monitors. My streaming setup is ready to rock. So Twitch is going to be popping probably starting Thursday. Well, it doesn't matter to listeners anyway. But for me, it's this Thursday. So you'll be seeing me on, on uh, Twitch quite a bit, actually. So Day Late Gamer, look it up, subscribe. Come hang out with me and chat. Our Discord link is in the description for the podcast. Patreon, if you're loving what we do, come check us out. Throw us some love. Um, it'll help us gain some notoriety so we can start getting some bigger directors on. Not to take anything away from Mr. Ferrante, but, you know, maybe someday we'll get the James Guns or, um, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know who we get. Maybe, maybe Wes Anderson. Who, who knows? We'll get some big names on here. I just got to do some more um, DM magic, as they say. That was a lot of work, man. It was a lot of weeks of talking and uncertainty. And is he even, gonna, you know... Like, are we even worth his time? Because <laughs> we're so fucking small and podunk. But it, it worked out in the end, man. We're, we're fucking excited. Um, so that's all I got, man. Jones, you got anything before we, we sign off? No, tune in. Tune in next week. It was it was a fun interview. It was a lot of fun. The three of us here, we got to ask him just... Like he said, it was a conversation. Uh, we were nervous as hell, but we just we just had a blast. And he was such a good sport and, and hooked us up and... Uh, Please, please tune in. We're going to whore the shit out of this, too. So <laughs> We're going to turn into a Russian stripper hooker. Right. <laughs> Chris, what about you, man? You got anything before we sign off? Well, you know me. I love my B-horror movies. It's kind of my thing. Yeah. So, you know, uh, being able to talk to the director of Sharknado was pretty awesome, man. Uh, I think everybody out there that likes what we do, I think you guys will love the conversation we had. Uh, I think it'll be great. I'm looking forward to seeing it get out there. Looking forward to seeing what kind of editing magic Jones can do with what we got. Agreed. Probably. I don't think I don't think enough love on air can go towards Jones for yeah, the magic that he weaves. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter, man. Tell Jones that you love his his wonderful skills because our production value has increased one thousand fold since he's taken over the helm. <laughs> oh, guys, for sure, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I mean, thanks, we man. may have taken a hit in like talking because we got to listen to him. Yeah. But production value is yeah, great. Yeah. And also, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The package you know, deal, it, guys. One last, one last thing, and it, I forgot to add, and it's it's actually starting to pop off. But hit up, hit us up on iTunes, man. Leave those five star reviews if you think we're worthy of five stars. If not, leave us what you think we we deserve. But drop those reviews so we can get some feedback. Um, that was another thing I totally forgot to bring up. Jones is we had we had a review a reviewer. We had a customer, a listener, mention that they want to see or hear more of the technical stuff. Actually, they enjoyed that. Right. So um, right. Maybe yeah, that's I, I saw we... that too, and and every little feedback helps. And I did a little research for this movie, 
and there wasn't a whole lot of technical stuff. <laughs> so I brought, but I brought in the film side of it because I saw that review. So please give us the reviews. Yeah. Tell us the things you want us to talk about, and we will be your minions. I mean, I know it seems like we got our shit together. We've been doing this for twenty years, but we have a no clue, and we're learning as we go. <laughs> we're winging it. <laughs> no, I, I, th- I think it's pretty obvious. We have. I had to, I had to, I had to lie to the director of Sharknado to get him on here. I told him it was the Tonight Show. And no, <laughs> right. But no, yeah, one thousandth episode. Yeah, exactly. No, uh, right. feedback helps, man. So hit us up on iTunes, leave those reviews, join the Facebook group, get that community going. You can talk to us, tweet at us, all that good stuff. For seven early sins and culturalists, we had a blast. Thank you for for spending the the hour and some change with us today. Um, whether you're in your car driving, whether you're you're working in a factory in Wisconsin putting together high-end refrigerators for rich people. <clears throat> That's for one listener out there. He'll know who it is. Or if you're just hanging out at home, man, checking us out. We, we really appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, it gives us drive to keep going because we're having fun with this. So as long as you guys keep tuning in, we'll keep having fun. But that's all I got, man. You guys, you guys have a good night, and we'll see you on the next episode when we interview the Sharknado man himself. <laughs>